Hello, welcome. You are listening to OK Work, where we bring the shade, the politics, and the couloir. Mm -hmm. And we have Miss Coco from across the table from me. Hi. And we got me, myself, and I, Miss Shady Beach. And you might notice that you're only hearing two voices right now. And that's because for right now, it's going to be Miss Coco and myself, but we look forward to RJ coming through soon. However, if you miss RJ's voice, they actually have a podcast of their own called The Teardown Pod. You can find them on Instagram, um, where they discuss many topics that I'm looking forward to, especially as it relates to tattooing. So again, you can check them out at The Teardown Pod uh, on Instagram. So yeah, we are are back, rising like a motherfucking phoenix. Um, Y'all might be wondering where the hell we've been. We're wondering that too. Shit's been rough since, what was it, September 2020? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh my God. Like so much has happened between then, which like I'm not too mad about because it's so interesting to hop back on the podcast train yeah. and discuss essentially like a year and a half uh, worth of materials and like events that have happened. Like I feel like we could almost spend so much of the podcast is catching up on each individual issue that has just popped up in the world. Well, yeah, the entire podcast and not just this one episode. Do you think it's, do you think we would have felt this way with every year or do you think, it feels like this year is particularly bad. Like the absence, it's just, where do you even start? <laughs> so many things happen. Well, that's the thing. It's just like, I, well, even when we were like trying to plan out the, like the next few episodes, we were like, where, <laughs> Where did we start? Like, oh, okay, let's talk about COVID. Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, is COVID old news? Yeah, is it's like <laughs> it's like low-hanging fruit almost. You're like, what the fuck do we talk about? And it's just like, a, a, where, versus like some things have happened like so long ago. Oh my God. Long ago is a phrase I'm using about a time frame of a year and a half. That's the I, other thing. I, COVID fucked up time for me. I mean, I'd rather hear long ago than the new normal. So, <laughs> oh, not the new normal. Like that needs to be to abolished. Yeah. Mm, let's go back to normalcy. Mm. Mm, I really miss brunch. Said in white. <laughs> <laughs> Could you hear it? <laughs> but, like, yeah, I just feel like what has happened. Like, let's try to list off things that have happened since our last episode. I, I there's <laughs> it's been be a long list. Uh, I know. There's been Free Britney. It's probably kind of sad that I started the list off with that. <laughs> I mean, I started off on a positive note. <laughs> Woo! Uh, what else could you think of? Um, I mean, Palestine. Yeah. Um, the, the Sheikh Jarrah, uh, you know, expulsions, the violent dispossession. I mean, you know, trying to balance your Free Britney here and uh, bring a little bit of. Uh, <laughs> Your, your your one listed item sublist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could go Moving on. on. <laughs> so there's been Adele's new album. Avril Lavigne came back. Can you also like see or hear how much I care about certain things like pop culture? <laughs> um, Chloe, as in Chloe and Hallie. Chloe oh, happened sure. and, and Chloe happened real, real well. Lord I mean, have mercy. But, okay, we haven't talked about this, but Chloe's performance at the what was it? The MTV Video Awards or something? The, the what are they called? Whatever they're called, the MTV Awards. Yeah, the MTV Awards. There's I, a lot of them. I don't usually watch them. I felt surprised. It felt like I feel like I don't know. I feel like this is this is not an episode in which we are to trash on Chloe. So moving on. <laughs> it's not trash. Uh, yeah, no. Lil Nas uh, has happened. His whole album. 
Chris Evans dick pic. Well, that yeah. was a cultural moment. I yeah, I mean certainly. I was I was you Kim know. and Kanye split. <laughs> Don't care about either of them, but no best right. wishes. I Wait, guess. Is it Kim with someone else now? That's uh-huh, the whole thing. I, care. I, 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 I did not care about her before. I don't care about her after. I mean, a big one is vaccines. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> vaccines, oh my God. But it was because we must have, we don't, I don't even think we talked about vaccines at our last episode. I don't it was think so we had. Outside of, like, the, like the, our, our thinking. I think it was a theoretical, it was like a thing that was like in the process of like, actually being manufactured at like a large scale yeah because they didn't even know how they were going like how long it was going to take yeah 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 yeah. so yeah it's been a while (laughs) it's been a fucking minute oh yeah kamala and biden happened oh my god fucking god oh my god (laughs) speaking of elections there was a uh there was a federal elections in canada too lol nothing changed (laughs) wasn't gonna change i mean I don't know if everybody would agree with us, but well, we'll talk about that. Speaking about change, Ellen DeGeneres, (laughs) we're free people. (laughs) We are free. (laughs) I mean, trash, trash. Cannot stand Ellen. Um, What else? What else happened? Uh, Simone won Drag Race. That's true. There's probably like five seasons of Drag Race since the last episode we recorded. Actually, like there's. There's UK down under. Oh my god, horrible. Uh, Canada too. Canada. The second Canada. Um, there's uh, Simone winning, so it's four. There's currently there's two seasons. There's the fourteenth season. Oh, and, too much. And there's the the UK versus the world. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. I want freedom from Drag Race now. Like we're <laughs> done with Ellen DeGeneres. I need fucking freedom. Like I can't handle another conversation. Where it's like, are you watching this? And I'm like, this. The, I thought it just ended. <laughs> and it's just on repeat. Oh, yeah, there's like the singing one. There was the singing one, too. I can't. We're done. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is it called? Queens of the Universe. Queens of the Universe, which like might pique my interest because I'd be watching like YouTube videos where people do auditions. Entertaining. Bell Hooks passed away. That's that a sad did happen. One. Yeah. In fact, like actually, a lot of like important black scholars have passed away, um, and like folks who were like in between the ages of like fifty to like sixty five. So it was kind of surprising, but not if you're black. Um, oh, <laughs> what? white people stormed the fucking Capitol. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh Jesus my God! That Christ. was. I mean, that was. Girl, the Caucasians. They, I mean, they were pissed off because they reasons? still uh, they still are, and we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. But, but I thought Kanda was different. <laughs> and on that note, Miss Coco, she must have brought fries because what she's salty about, huh? I'm salty about um, the fact that uh, I've been encountering a lot of people who have been uh, lately mostly gays. I have a tendency to conflate polyamory with openness, and I want to talk about it because I think it's kind of a um, a conversation that we've had before, and I don't think we've ever reached a conclusion necessarily. You mean you want a single person's perspective on open relationships <laughs> and polyamory? Count me the fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're... Uh, so you're... if you're listening to this, you can find me at... I'm just kidding. I'm not plugging myself, but you can find me Wouldn't and you can DM me. You plug yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, aren't the polyamory and openness in a different way? <laughs> oh. 
Um, so yeah, what she's salty about. I mean, like talking about polyamory is also sometimes difficult because I feel like there's so many like operating definitions and like I like I identify as polyamorous and I'm sure we'll get into like kind of what that means for both of us but like even me identifying as polyamory like sometimes I like hear other people defining polyamory and then I'm like wait do I even know what fucking polyamory is because it's just it's just apparent it sounds like an open door policy and I'm like oh everyone's here today and so everyone just got in however they wanted and I have no fucking clue sometimes what polyamory is because people are like, oh, I'm open, I'm poly. And when they describe why, I'm like, child, I don't fucking know anymore. I think I think sometimes people use it also disingenuously. It's like a good way to kind of justify certain infractions in a, um, a more kind of monogamous relationship, irrespective of what it's labeled as. If you can say, well, I'm in some way characteristically different because I'm poly, then perhaps my infractions are more... Um, you know, I can't, yeah, I can't cheat because I'm polyamorous. Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. no, it's not harmful because I'm polyamorous. I'm like, no, you still suck and you're polyamorous. And cheating isn't defined by how you uh, identify. It's based on a relationship, right? I mean, you can't really cheat on anyone if you're single. And so like the <laughs> cheating. Are you it, looking at me? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was listening. I know. I was. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, that's the thing, right? And, and I guess... Yeah, I feel like a lot of the time it's I, I, I've noticed that a lot more people are using the term. And so I kind of wanted to talk about it because I feel like I have poly leanings, but I don't usually say, you know, flat out that I'm for sure poly. Mm. But it, I think that kind of also is an example of my kind of like uncertainty of what people make of that mm-hmm. concept because people have different understandings of it. And so let me ask you a question. What do you think, what would you say is the most kind of, uh, the biggest misconception in your view about I thought you were going to ask me if I'm free Friday night and I was going to say I'm here <laughs> <laughs> so what is my understanding of polyamory or what is the biggest misconception do you oh think misconception I mean I think like before we get into the misconception it's like like for me polyamory is like um, the willingness to engage like many people as that might look to me and it might not just be like one-on-one like let's say I was with a partner and maybe it could lead to a throuple who knows um, which shows that polyamory to me is also like kind of context specific like there isn't a one-size-fits-all and that is true um, but I also think there is a certain boundary of what is polyamory and what is like shitty behavior but like polyamory as like willing to develop certain kinds of relationship built on like a, a kind of intimacy which may or may not include um, sexuality in a certain kind of way um, or might move out of like thinking in terms of like sex might move out of there but have like emotional and intellectual um, and physical attraction various forms of attraction um, and leading to a misconception often when I start to describe it like that then people are like oh so you're just essentially like fucking your friends and I'm like okay mm. let's circle back to the definition I just gave it doesn't necessarily require sex and so I think when you talk about polyamory a lot of the misconceptions start to pop up because they require you to require you to suddenly not think within monogamy so when people are like oh so you're saying that you want to fuck your friends I'm like you're actually telling me that you understand that by being monogamous you sometimes build your friendships in a particular way and by being polyamorous, you're understanding that I get to have a level of openness. Right. Um, and so, 
like I think that's one of the misconceptions as well is that there's always sex involved and I'm like not like that is not how it is like I when I told friends about it they're like oh so you must be really busy like sexually <laughs> and I'm like it's actually been a few months but thanks <laughs> <laughs> like that's I mean, a big misconception like I don't know you you let me know what you fucking think polyamory is I, as a poly leaning person <laughs> I mean I think I think it's very it's it's not unique to polyamory that people define anything kind of um you know interpersonal relationships um and and, and anything around that is often defined in a manner that is contingent on the sexual nature of the yeah. relationship where it's it's like think about it it's like even when we think of cheating often people will say well you know it was emotional cheating mm-hmm. and it's like almost because we are in a culture yeah. that's very much um sees sex as like this you know integral kind of component that if you if you are for example somebody who's asexual or you're somebody who has a romantic relationship but you don't engage in sex mm-hmm. that that's somehow less legitimate yeah and, and, and i i find that really sort of interesting on one hand but also just i mean it excludes a lot of people too <laughs> yeah know? well and i think that's the thing is like i i think what people sometimes get anxious around is kind of like the I don't want to say like the gates that polyamory opens, but like granted, like y'all monogamous people, like (laughs) (laughs) best to y'all. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I, to me at least, I think that it's, it's sort of having this capacity or this, uh, this, um, this, uh, at times, uh, uh, kind of, I guess I, I wouldn't, it's kind of a drive, I guess, but not really like you're driven out of the blue, but just this sort of capacity to um, care in mm-hmm. however way you express that care mm-hmm. um, uh, for more than one person. But that Keith, is how I see it. Are you saying you care for your friends? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I see, guess it's the same thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, it, and this is the thing where I'm kind of like, no. But yes. <laughs> so like, tell me, but what what about that yes part? Well, because so me, like, because on one of the things that I often say is like, all of my friends could sit in a room and talk about me, and they all can tell they're talking about the same Josh. So the way that I hold people, the way that I care for people, oftentimes, like depending how people read me, if I'm out with like my girlfriends, they will actually think like that is like my partner girlfriend because of how we like laugh at each other and stand close to one another. So there's a certain kind of level of like affection um, and care that's visible. And then on the flip side, when I'm with other folks, uh, like when I'm with men and I'm out and about or just anywhere or, or, you know, with friends, they'll be like, oh, so like you two are together because we have quote unquote good energy because we have chemistry. And I'm like, you're not wrong. And polyamory in some ways gives me space to act on that, but I don't necessarily need to act on it in terms of the sexual way. Like I can still facilitate that like chemistry and also have chemistry with someone else. Right. Right. And right, so right. that's the yes for me. It's not like, no, I'm not like running around building friends. Well, I am. Well, not running around. Anyway, you go. <laughs> running around. Right? Um, do you think, do you think it's something that's like inherent or do you think everybody just like how most people just, you know, the first relationship they get into on average where at least here in Toronto, most people find themselves in a monogamous relationship. But it's interesting because like, is it that everybody's capable of finding a partner where if 
for whom they could partake in polyamory mm -hmm. or with whom they can partake in that? Or is it that some people can and some people just don't really experience relationships mm -hmm. in that way? And I that one I'm, yeah. I'm not sure about. Yeah, I don't know if it's like so like one or the other um, or those are the only two options. Like I think people find their different pathways to like polyamory. Like for me, like around 2016, 2017, after like going through some throes of a mess of, of men, um, realizing some of the dynamics that I myself participated in, in terms of like jealousy and possessiveness and like really unpacking that. Uh, luckily, I'm, I'm the kind of person that in terms of unpacking, it doesn't mean I just watch like an Insta story and say I learned. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag ally. <laughs> um, and so, you know, unpacking that like the possessiveness and, and, the, and the jealousy. And that's not to say those two uh, qualities are inherently problematic, but w when acted out in certain ways can be. And so for me, my pathway to polyamory was unpacking those things and realizing that I like facilitating relationships in a certain kind of way. So for me, um, I know that I would, like if I was engaging someone, getting to the point of being a partner, like I would, they would know that I'm polyamorous. That doesn't mean things don't shift, right? Like some people might be polyamorous, get in a relationship and want to build that relationship in, certain, in terms of certain kinds of foundation before they like continue engaging in polyamory. Yeah. Um, you know, an <laughs> another one, uh, which is actually what you said is the problem is people have open relationships and then they, you know, they go into polyamory, which isn't a problem. The problem is y'all saying that you're polyamorous and you're really just in an open relationship and you're burning through people, treating them like shit because you think that's what polyamory is. And I, I'm willing to draw the borders around polyamory. I, well, I mean, <laughs> Abolish borders, of course. I'm willing to gatekeep in certain extent <laughs> polyamory and fuck it, I'll take the L. Um, you know, it's just like I like I in my description of polyamory, I'm essentially describing a certain level of care and communication. And there are people who are in open relationships um who engage like that, and there are people who are polyamorous who are essentially in an open relationship and they don't engage in care. Like they, they treat people like shit. Um, you know, uh, the way that they talk to the person, the way that that person kind of comes up around their friends, right? right? Like it's like, or like the way that this person's kind of like treated like a secret, right? Uh, like right, that's right. another one, like those kinds of things pop up. And so that's why like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm gatekeeping. Y'all cannot come. I mean, not all of you, but like those of you who are in an open relationship and shit. I mean, I'm not the bouncer, but you can't come. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of those people mistake what is often referred to the in the sort of uh, in polyamory circles um, as NRE or oh, yeah. new relationship energy. And, you know, I, 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 I totally agree with everything you said. I do think that people often do that and exhibit that shitty behavior um, because they mistake that new relationship energy or NRE for, you know, something where, you know, it, as if it's indicative of their kind of commitment to offering that kind of care that they would offer for within a monogamous mm -hmm. framework. And I think often what happens is that people realize, oh, that was just infatuation, excitement, yeah. and it doesn't delegitimize it. I think that's often also what people think. It's like nobody's saying that's not legitimate. Even high school puppy love is very mm -hmm. legitimate. Yeah, it's like that's a legitimate thing. But it's also 
you know, important to kind of the moment you're uh, involving other people and you are, you know, potentially going to hurt somebody, I think that our standards should be higher. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm really fed up with people sort of being very reckless with with other people's feelings Mm -hmm. under the pretense that this is sort of something, oh, well, I can't help being an asshole because I'm poly. I'm like, that's not (laughs) what it is. I thought you were going to say because I'm white. And I was like, well, that checks out. (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) Yeah, and like, you know, speaking of bell hooks, like, you know, bell hooks, uh, wrote a book called All About Love. <laughs> Love the book. I've read it multiple times. And, you know, she describes kind of like that new relationship energy as like cathexis. Like you haven't fallen in love. You've cathected with someone. Um, and you actually, through that cathection, can then come to build love or you can mistake that cathection or that, you know, new relationship energy as love and cause a lot of harm. Right. And so I think, you know, it, like... An attachment to what you're saying. I also, yeah, I think there's like people who are polyamory, poly calling themselves polyamorous, and really they're kind of like addicted to that n- like new relationship energy. Which, by the way, is hard for me to say without thinking about dick, big dick energy. Like <laughs> as it's come up in this conversation, my brain will like translate it into they, that. They go hand in hand. <laughs> well, well, depending. Uh, <laughs> um, and you know, there are people who are calling themselves polyamorous. You know, I'm willing to say that they are polyamorous. The, the gatekeeper will let them in. <laughs> Um, on what basis? <laughs> what well, changed? I'm about to explain myself. Okay. Because I'm willing to accept the people. <laughs> Who the fuck do I think I am? <laughs> I'm into it. I like you as gatekeeper. <laughs> Someone's into it. <laughs> um, you know, I'm willing to accept the people who are polyamorous and who really follow that uh, like new relationship energy to a certain extent because like it takes a certain level of maturity to be able to move through that um, new relationship energy to the point of then building like a loving and caring relationship. Um, and we don't exactly live in a world that teaches that. And, and I'm willing to accept that those polyamorous people cause harm as they chase down like this new relationship energy. Um, I think where they can exit out of polyamory is when that's all they do. Versus someone who like causes right. like causes harm and at some point starts to like unpack what they're doing and like actually is like, you know what, like this has been harmful, you know, I've kind of been chasing this puppy love all around and this is what I meant. Versus like if you're someone who's like, No, I love this puppy love. <laughs> you're not polyamorous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's it's for me it's like the solution to a lot of these problems is, you know, it's communication literally just just i just don't understand even if you are having um you're second guessing your decision making and you're realizing that you chase the nre and it's not actually not bde <laughs> um, i mean maybe not so but um, but but it's like i i don't understand people's unwillingness to just convey that i mean emotions are complicated how and- many people do we know can communicate well you just have to be even if it's clumsy i'm clumsy when i'm talking about something that sensitive if if you're kind of like oh i don't know if i'm into this and you want to have that conversation i mean there's no there's no perfect way to do it because the impact is going to suck on the other person Mm -hmm. but it's like if you acknowledge that that's inevitable then having 
that conversation, even if it's clumsy, but if it's obvious, like, you know, within certain reasonable limits, mm -hmm. but like, even if it's clumsy, it's better than not having Girl, it must be frigid outside because she's coming with the weather and bitch, get ready. I'm not about it. <laughs> I'm talking about winter, but also the next part. Speaking <laughs> of winter, I'm talking about the March of the White Walkers, yeah. or as y'all might call it, the caravan, the Caucasian caravan is also what I call, <laughs> call it. Um, so we're really in the end of days, y'all. <laughs> like, I don't like. I don't even know where to go with this topic point because I'm not going to explain how this is a white supremacist, you know, um, charade going on right now. I like I. It's almost like I'm I'm witnessing this and seeing just how far gone we are. Like for this. For the state to kind of like, and when I say the state and the, the federal government and also all of the provinces, um, for them just kind of like sit back while a bunch of largely white people use not even their trucks, but like their vehicles to like cause gridlocks in the name of freedoms that frankly, if you understand history, they actually have. Uh, um, you know, for them to be able to do all of this and it's like all they get is like a no, please stop. <laughs> like and, and meanwhile, these people are mashing up whole ass towns and like, you know, um, causing so much fucking um, um, fear that p police are sending um like sent some kind of I think like memo or something to a workplace yes. saying like don't like it was for nurses to not enter the building like in their work clothes like they're saying that in Toronto too now yeah right? yeah because and so I just like I like with the state's response and and even like the attitude and energy coming from it like oh but also the people fucking supporting it like whether like. It's people who show up to their uh, their their caravan or people online. Um, this like idea that they're like by telling the government to just remove all of the restrictions for their freedom, and I'm like, I understand that you're exhausted with these lockdowns, but the very thing that you're requesting is in fact the very reason why we are now in not even a fucking lockdown. Mm -hmm. Because the conditions got so bad that it required the government to um, restrict our movement. But it got so bad because the government was not doing, well, frankly, they were doing their job. That's actually the, the concern, if you were me and other people. <laughs> <laughs> However, like, you know, the like the government is, is um, you know, essentially manufacturing these conditions that are resulting in the lockdown. And so when you're saying, like, remove the restrictions, it's just going to get worse. And there's many other things I could fucking say about what it means to say, like, oh, I'm I'm exhausted with these restrictions. But like you're making all of these demands that in the end harm you in some way or require the government to then respond even further and more harsh because you've said remove the restrictions. Well, guess what? It gets so bad you need more restrictions. You're saying it gets so bad in terms of just like it like in terms of like, you know, if they remove the restrictions, the the COVID numbers are going to go up. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be more interactions and do you think the government is going to be like, "Oh, well, we removed them, so now we right. can't put them back into place." <laughs> like, what? Well, what's frustrating to me is that um 
you know, statistically, a lot of those people are also, you know, they're amongst the predominantly most of those people are unvaccinated from at least the the the, mm-hmm. the all the different kind of reports of people talking to the media and whatnot. <laughs> it's like their signs, the signs yeah. on their shirts. And I'm just like, here's the thing. You Written are on their the foreheads. reason. It's like if, if they like you are the reason that there are so many people. Most of the people ending up in ICUs are mm-hmm. unvaccinated. And that is pushing back a lot of other people's surgeries mm-hmm. that are really crucial. People that literally need like life-saving surgeries. Mm-hmm. They're just not dying right now, but yeah. they need the surgery to survive for however long. And it's like, it's like, and so it's frustrating to me because it's like, you are literally just, you are the problem. And, and it's like, <laughs> you're a eugenicist. You, well, literally, because, because, well, because, yeah, because that fatigue, I get it listen, we're all fatigued. I'm exhausted. And yes, I miss, you know, not the lack of restrictions, but now, you know, in Ontario. <laughs> you didn't even name a thing you miss. <laughs> well, like, I miss the lack of restrictions. Well, because it's not, because I, I like, get it, but I, they like, would like, call it freedom, but I'm like, okay, this is not an infringement on your freedom the way that you're, certainly not the way that you are uh, defining freedom. You've definitely got a lot of that. You can get away with gridlocking a whole fucking city and nobody mm-hmm. does anything. Meanwhile, like, indigenous folks, black folks step out for a second and it's like, you know, the end of the world mm-hmm. from like the state media kind of uh, reaction, state and media reaction. Um, when I think that's what kills me about them being like, oh, like this is a restriction on our freedoms. And like, again, like when they went to like, I guess, somewhat storm Ottawa, um, you know, and they're like, oh, we're going to take us. I'm like, that is your space. Like they're the government is for like, okay, yes, class, all the things. I'm, I acknowledge that. Yeah. But like the, the state was made for the very people who are running this caravan. I'm like, these are your freedoms. Like you're you're witnessing it as you move across country and cause a gridlock in one of Canada's most boring cities. Um, but you're silencing us. Yeah. <laughs> well, bitch, I actually I heard you down the street while I was waiting for my sushi and my friend to arrive. Okay, so you have a lot of freedom. Like you know what apparently what they've been doing in restaurants. You know what they've been how they've been treating workers. You know so this this idea of their freedoms but the other thing that kind of um not bothers me but shows me kind of like where we're at in terms of our understanding of what is freedom and where it came from is like you know the progressive left where they're like you know oh see this caravan wasn't about their rights it was about white nationalism and so that desire to remove rights and freedoms from white supremacy when in fact like those things came hand in hand mm-hmm. when settler colonialism and the, the all the things the white peoples did. Um, when all <laughs> that it. happened, you Say know. It. And and guess what? They, they developed these understandings of rights and freedoms, not for those of us who are often trying to attach ourselves to it. You know, we try to say, I have the right to be free from discrimination. You know, we're an addendum to that right. We weren't actually free from, like, that wasn't for us. And even then, that like that framing of a freedom came from white supremacists, you know, and often was attached to even other ideas. You know, the freedom of commerce was about settler colonialism. They wanted the free, like the, they wanted to discover lands and then have the freedom to exploit them. 
yep. right? These histories work into freedom. And so it was kind of disappointing to see, you know, people, I guess it really shouldn't have been disappointing, <laughs> but to see people who consider themselves progressive and like on the left to be like, oh, see, this was only about white nationalism, not freedoms, because it shows me that they're really not able to take on the state. Like, right. for example, they'd be like, right. oh, I want to go use my rights to, to, you know, assert myself and bring us to liberation. I'm like, well, what I'm trying to say is you can't use that because it's still white supremacy, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, no, for sure. It's like trying to untangle th two things that are really tightly woven together. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what, what frustrates me, too, is the complete disregard and, and just uh, dehumanization of folks who are immunocompromised, folks who are, yeah. who are at high risk. Like it is, listen, if you're feeling fatigued, I get it, I relate, great, where we can rejoice and commiserate. But the thing is, the thing is, you have to also acknowledge that if you are Fatigue to the extent that you're calling for completely just having no masks, no f fuck everything. Let's just go back to quote unquote normal. Then you are you have to confront the fact that you are also saying by definition, fuck people who are immunocompromised and mm -hmm. like it's we're the majority. So like, can we get our life back? And I'm not saying that. You know, therefore, I've just persuaded you to like, I mean, I would hope I'm not kind of persuade. Yeah, I mean, like, but but, well, but I'm not trying to persuade. I'm just saying that, like, at the very least, acknowledge that you are taking an inherently ableist position. And and then maybe I'll, I'll, I'll afford you a tiny bit more of a respect, because at least then you know that you're taking an awful position. I have more respect for the non-polyamorous polys, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this whole time, and we, and this happens everywhere, is in all these conversations that we have, we never talk about vaccine equity. Like, we're always so focused on the bullshit and people's mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, whining about like, you know, any kind of sense that they probably should get the fucking vaccine. It's like any kind of initiative that's trying to really push vaccination rates even higher, they see that as such a big problem. And that then we engage that rhetoric because understandably we're like, okay, you're the reason our mm -hmm. ICUs are packed and, and yeah. other people are getting fucked. But then we get so carried away from like the fact that if this keeps going elsewhere, it's just, this thing is just going to keep mutating and vaccine equity worldwide is like such an afterthought. On that note, thank you so much for listening to our Like a Phoenix episode because, bitch, we back, we think. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Girl, at this point, we can't make any promises. <laughs> if we dip. We're essentially like that fuck boy, okay? And you can We're come just on. Polly. Oh, all right. And on that note, the work of the month is to listen to our previous episodes because we have no fucking clue what we said. And you can follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at OK Work Podcast. You probably know that because that's likely how you found us. But if you don't, there you go. And goodbye.